Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, thank you that you made this day. You had the sun come up. You had the sun come down. Lord, I was thinking about how you created time. Our eternal God created time. And you created this time for us to be here tonight. It's you who've done this, Lord. It's you who've caused all this to happen. It's you, our creator and our Lord, who loves us so much and has even brought us here tonight to speak to us. So, God, speak to us tonight. I pray for your Holy Spirit, God, to, to speak through your word, to anoint this time, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so we ask you, bless this time now, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A mother was making breakfast, about to serve pancakes, and her two sons, Kevin, age five, Ryan, age three, began to argue over who would get the first pancake. I guess those are the things that matter to the little ones, right? Well, the mom thought this would be a good opportunity to teach them about thinking of others first. She interrupted their arguing and said, Now, boys, if Jesus were sitting here, you know what he would say? He would say, Let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait for the next one. Well, with that, little Kevin turned to his younger brother and said, Okay, Ryan, you be Jesus then. <laughs> Funny, but... Haven't we done the same, though? We think others should be the one giving to us when we should be actually the ones to be like Jesus and think of others first. While we return tonight to our study in the book of Philippians, and here Paul encourages the church to be others-minded, not making things about me first, but putting others first. And that's the title of our message tonight. Others first, others first. And that's what we're going to see here. We're going to be studying Philippians chapter 2 from verse 3 through 5 tonight. We took only two verses last time. And now we're going to take another three here as we're making our way. And in, our, in these verses, 3, 4, and 5, I've broken them up into four sections. And we're going to see four things. And this is our outline. Number one, have nothing. Number two, have value. Number three, have interest. And number four, have Jesus. So let's begin here. Others first is our title. Let's begin with number one in our outline, have nothing. Have nothing. Philippians chapter 2, take a look with me here now, verse 3. Just the first part. Paul writes, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. And we're going to stop right there. We begin with Paul writing, do nothing. In other words, have nothing to do with this. That's why I have my heading, have nothing. Let this, Paul saying, not be part of who you are and what you are to do. And what is this? What is he talking about? That do nothing, have nothing to do with this. What is it? Well, he listed here two things. Number one, selfish ambition. Now that means self-interest. It's the sense that someone who is only thinking of themselves. The NLT simply translates this, don't be selfish. So we're talking about selfishness. So that's the first thing, have nothing to do with being selfish or having, uh, having selfishness. Number two, he writes here, and conceit or conceit. Actually, this word in original language is two Greek words, and if you put them together, they are, in our English, empty glory. 
It refers to someone with an overinflated ego, I guess you could say. In other words, they are prideful and soulful of themselves. And then notice with these two things, Paul's saying, do nothing from. He's talking about the motive. So not to do these things from this selfishness or this conceit or pride, really. So the idea is to not let selfishness and pride be the driving factor. That's the idea here. This is what Paul is putting forth here. Let selfishness and pride not be that driving factor in your life. Now, in context, as we come into this passage, Paul has been talking about, do you remember the last time we saw our title was the call for unity? Right? That's what we saw in the first two verses. We saw in chapter 2 here as we began how God was, has, has encouraged us. God has comforted us. He's intimately involved in our lives and is compassionate on us. So much so, all these things that we should also give that to others. Right, And then this call for unity is that the people in the church should have this same mind, same love, same heart, and same purpose. Uh, if, if you missed last week, you can catch it on, on online or the podcast, uh, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But that's what Paul was talking about, right? It was a call for unity when we got into chapter 2 and we began last week. And that was because there's these two ladies causing division in the Philippian church, and they were creating some factions. And, and all of this was, was really Paul's beginning address because we see unfolding here is because of some selfish desires and prideful goals were going around in the church too. Remember how in chapter 1, how some preach Christ for personal gain, for selfish ambition, we saw in chapter 1, verse 17. So Paul's like, you guys, have nothing to do with what's driving all of this here. These things, don't let selfishness and pride live at all. You know what will kill koinonia? You know what will destroy with division? It's what he listed here, selfishness and pride. We have to watch out. Pride, pride is, is that thing that makes you wise in your own eyes. You think you're, you know more. You think you're better than the other person. You think you have it all together. Pride is that, that inside of you that makes you look down on other people. Selfishness, it makes, it makes it all about you. What you think only matters. You're the center. What works for you is a standard and what, well, what's good or what's not, what, what's going to work or not. But think about these two things Paul lists here. This selfishness and pride. Is that of the spirit or of the flesh? Is that godliness or is that sin? John MacArthur wrote, Even when not outwardly manifested, selfishness breeds anger, resentment, and jealousy. And I was thinking, wow, that, that really brings it out. We know what that is. That's our flesh, right? That's sin. It's the old nature there. He goes on to say, no church, even the most doctrinally sound and spiritually mature, is immune from the threat of sin. And nothing can more quickly divide and weaken a church. So no wonder Paul, right away, he puts out there selfishness and pride. See, he's saying this, have nothing to do with selfishness or pride in your life. Have nothing to do with selfishness or pride 
in your life. It's going to destroy the unity. As he's calling the church to be united, as Christians should come together one heart, it's going to destroy. So he's saying, do nothing, right? Have nothing to do with selfishness or pride in your life. You know, uh, on our um, scion, we have these low-profile tires and and so we got to really watch out for potholes, you know. It's kind of hard, makwal, after it rains, you know, these potholes pot come up. Or even by our house, Iolani is like plenty of potholes there. And, and I, do you remember how bad Hanson Road used to be before they paved it? It used to be super bad. It's like, don't take that road, right? It's like, blah, blah, blah. and especially our, our car with low profile tires and didn't want to. Uh, dent the rims, you know, bend the rims or anything like that when you hit an unseen pothole. So we used to have to stay off that road. We would steer clear, right, of potholes. We would steer clear of Hanson Road. Well, that's what Paul is saying. In the same way, Paul is saying steer clear from doing things out of selfishness and pride. Don't let it live, he's saying. Don't let it have, have, have a place in your life. Don't let it live there free rent. Oh, you you got to kick it out. We got to get rid of it. Not keep giving into the selfishness. Not keep giving into the pride. We got to steer clear of anything that has to do with that. That, it, that make, is driven to, for you to do things. Is driven from those things. You know what we got to remember? We got to re remember that Jesus Christ has freed us from the bondage of the flesh. He's freed us from sin, right? And selfishness and pride is part of the flesh. It's part of all that. So you know what? We, you and I, we can say, no, no more. I don't want it to be about me no more. I don't want it to, I don't want to be self-centered anymore. I don't want it to be about pride. You know, I was thinking how it's so easy for us to get into this mode, I call it, this mode. We can easily, like, look at others, yeah, make a judgment call, uh, look, look at, you know, already thinking we know what their motives are, what, what, their, what, what their character is. And isn't that what, what selfishness and pride does? You look down on people, you think, well, I get it, I know, I can... I can read you. I, I get it in that way. I see you. Maybe, I don't know, I was thinking maybe it's from watching too much TV shows. Yeah, some of these TV shows are manipulative or you're, 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 you, have to, you have to like read someone or something. Maybe, maybe it's our street smarts that we hold on to. You know, always like being in that mode. Always like watching some, always looking at them. Someone walk in the room, you're looking. You're, 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 you're eyeing them up and down to see what they're about. You know, I was thinking how um, God can give us discernment. He does that. He'll give me discernment about people. And most of the time, it's because He wants me to pray. He wants me to pray for the person. He wants me to, you know, uh, be praying for their salvation. Or maybe there's something the Lord tells me. I pray for that, that God would change them. But, you know, I have to tell you, there was, there was a time when I started to take that and even my own kind of way I, I read people sometimes, um, and maybe it was influenced from other people or TV and stuff like that. And I started to judge people more. I started to be more critical. I started to look down and reading into their words they say and 
actions that they do. And you know what happened? Because of the flesh, because of my own, you know, warpness inside me, I should say, I would turn them into the enemy that they really weren't. And you know, I look back on that, and I got to tell you that it, it was like this darkness started to creep into my heart. But I recognize it now, you guys. I recognize this darkness is my flesh. I recognize this, this darkness that, that even as a Christian, you know, I recognize that it's my own pride and it's my own selfishness. It's my own flesh and sin. And, and you know what? That kind of thing that I did, it's only what the devil likes, right? He, he wants that. He wants us to be like that. It's that darkness, you guys, that we got to stay steer clear of. It cannot live no more, you guys. We got to say no to ourselves. That self-centeredness, our pride, right? That wants us better than other people. That wants that recognition. That that selfishness where you make it all about you. Paul's like, have nothing to do with selfishness or pride in your life. No more. No more. Well, let's go on here now to number two. Have value. Have value. First of all, have nothing to do with that selfishness and pride. And number two, have value. We go on here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, the second part, after he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Now he says this, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Paul goes on here to what believers must be doing. Steer clear that selfishness and pride and all. But what do we got to be doing? We, that is in humility. We got to have humility. Now, humility is a low estimate in the mind. That's what it's talking about. It's the opposite of pride. It's something that you, you see in yourself, about yourself, in your mind. Let me give you this definition. Humility speaks of a true perspective about ourselves in relation to God's. Humility speaks of a true perspective about ourselves in relation to God's. What I mean is this. It, it, humility is to clearly see that, you know what, you're a sinner saved by grace. That you're a sinner and God saved you. Yeah? Everything you are, everything you have is because of Jesus Christ. It's not you. You, you didn't build yourself. You didn't make yourself into this. No, we're just sinners like we didn't deserve nothing, right? But Jesus came into our life, saved us, blessed us, made us new creations, and, and given us a, what we have today. Whether it's our provision or material things or our life that we have, it's the Lord. It's nothing that, that we've done. We're just sinners that saved by grace. So you know what? With that in mind, you have this truth perspective of yourself and you know what that affects how you look at others see humility sees you're not better or higher than anyone else humility sees yourself as a sinner saved by Jesus that's what humility is that's real humility I remember hearing Elizabeth Elliot one day when she was sharing at the church and uh, she's the wife of the martyred uh, Jim Elliot 
I remember Elizabeth Elliot say something like, I'm not better than anyone else. Jesus, help me. I am just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Don't you love that? We're no better than anyone else. We, we found food. We found life in Jesus, right? And so we're helping everyone else, just like us, to find Jesus and that life. So Paul's saying, in humility, Paul says now, he goes on, he says, count others more significant than yourself. Now, count others, those two words, speaks of not just having an opinion, but actually it means you have carefully thought this out. That's really what the Greek is, is speaking about, that you, you really thought this out. You really looked into it. You really put your attention into it. So to fully embrace that others are to be more significant, that's better, or means superior. Uh, so others were saying their value higher, honored more than you on your, yourself. And you, you, you looked into that. You understand that. You put attention in that. So after really carefully considering all that, the idea is we have value for others and not so much yourself. We have put more value on others. The idea is this, to count others more significant means we carefully thought this all out and we see this. And let me give you four things. We see this. Number one, God loves and cares for this individual just like me. Yeah? We carefully thought this out. We're both beggars. We're both sinners. So, you know, God loves and cares for this other person just like he loves me. Secondly, I am well aware of my own failures, so I graciously accept others with failures without looking down on them. That's humility. That's, that, that's valuing the other person. The third thing is this. If God considers them important enough to die for them, then I must also value them just as much. Do you see what I'm saying? If Christ died for them, shouldn't I value them just their work? something, right? They have high value in that sense, right? And the fourth thing is this. If I am not to be selfish, and, um, but I am to be selfless, then I must hold them in great honor and importance more than me. That's the thought. If, if they're God's, God died for them, if, if God loves them like he loves me, and then I'm not to be selfish, self-centered, prideful, I'm to be selfless, then you know what? I should hold them in great honor and importance more than me. Let me share with you something Warren Wiersbe said. The humble person is not one who thinks meanly or lowly of himself. He simply does not think of himself at all. I like that. I like that. It's not about, oh, I'm, I'm so bad, I'm so, I'm a worm that, you know, it's not about that. It's, it's about, look, we're all sinners here. But you know what? I'm going to value you more. I'm not even going to think about myself. I'm going to make it about you. So here's what Paul's saying. True humility brings about a change in priorities, putting others first before me. True humility brings about a change in priorities, putting others first before me. That's what it's about, you guys. That's why our title, Others First, 
Yeah. That, that's what God wants us to be in humility and true humility. It's like, you know what? Things are changed. I'm not, it's not going to be about me or my pride. We're going to change priorities. We're going to put others first before myself. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I like that. Outdo yourselves, you know. Outdo the other person. Put him first. Put her first. Put the other first person first. Outdo. I love that. That's what Paul is even saying here. True humility brings about a change in priorities. Putting <laughs> others first before me. Let me ask you, are you putting others first? Are you giving value to others? Honoring them, respecting them, looking at them as, oh, someone precious in the Lord. You know, many times, I think as human beings and sinners that you all are, I'm a sinner too, say myself, but, you know, many times we like to hear that gossip, right? We like to hear, oh, someone failed. Or someone not doing good. I mean, the news is, it, 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 it likes to use those things to get people to read, yeah, their articles. And, and in our little, little minds and in our fleshly minds, we like to hear some, oh yeah, yeah. A lot of times we like it because it, it puffs up our pride, right? It, when someone fails, when someone, someone falls, oh, oh can't believe them. I would never do that. I wouldn't be like that, right? And that's our pride. It feeds our pride. Or, or, or we think, well, I'm not as bad as them, right? And we start comparing like that. But the thing is, it's not some competition. It's about, we are here for each other. We are here to help each other. We are here to have compassion and love on each other. We are here to help the hurting, not to stomp on them. It's not about us, but how valuable the other person is to God. It's about others, not me anymore. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army in the 1800s, and the ministry of sharing the gospel through humanitarian aid, uh, it, just, it just grew and it expanded from England into all parts of the world. They, they became at that time the largest organization to selflessly distribute and give aid to anyone needing help. They expanded into many countries like the United States, France, Switzerland, Sweden, Australia, Canada, India, New Zealand, and Jamaica. One time, William Booth felt that he needed to send a message out to all his fellow workers in the world. But back then, you had to use the cablegram, right? And no more an email back then. And it cost too much money, depending on how many words and everything. So he decided to send only one word that would say everything that was on his heart. You know what the word was? Others. And that's what true humility brings. A change in our priorities, putting others first before me. Let's go to number three now. Number three is have interest. Have interest. Others first. Number one, having, have nothing. Number two, have value. And now number three, have interest. Have interest. Philippians chapter two, we go to verse four. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, 
but also to the interests of others. Okay, so Paul adds this to all this now. He says, look, the word look means like look into, like, like, like pay close attention to. And, and he's saying look into not only like concern with your own personal interests. Now, what is this interest? In context, what have we been reading? What, would be, what have we been finding? Well, in context, Paul's been writing about what? Unity in the church. So most likely the interest is concerning like things in the church here. It could be like how things should be done or what ministries the church should have or who the leader should be or what, what to do with the offering or you know all, everything that's going on uh, in relationships to with one another. It could be maybe people were only interested in their thing. Well, that doesn't concern me. It's their problem. So Paul's like, look, don't just be thinking mainly about what you think or what you're into, but also, he says in verse 4, and that is, along with your own things, be concerned, be thinking, be considering of the interests and the needs of others too. So the idea is this, have interest in what others are into also. That, that's the idea, that, that's what Paul's putting forth. In your considerations, he's saying, include others also. Frank Gabriel put it this way. What Paul is calling for is a Christian concern that is wide enough to include others in its scope. I like that. Yeah, Include them all, not just about you. It goes, flows along with this thinking of others first. In other words, it's not only about us. Paul's like, in humility, humble yourself so to not make it only about you, your way, what you're doing. Now remember, we talked about this, how that the city of Philippi was this official Roman colony, right, in the middle of Macedonia, Greece, right? And, and I talked about this earlier in the last chapter where they were proud citizens of the empire, right? This city of Philippi was one of those little Romes, right? Where the society was Roman. They spoke Latin. They dressed like Romans there. They're so proud of being citizens of Rome there in Greece where this colony was. Well, I was thinking about that not only that mentality, think about how in the church here at Philippi, in this city, there must have been a whole diversity of people, all different kind of people, right? Because we know from the book of Acts, like Lydia got saved there. Remember, she was, she was a Jewish convert, a businesswoman, seller of purple things, yeah, cloths and stuff, right? Uh, remember in that chapter, Acts 16, there was a servant girl who was probably a Greek, slave, right? That was delivered of a demon. And then the jailer, the jailer, remember Paul and Silas were in jail. The jailer who was most likely a Roman serving there in Philippi. So just with that fact and thinking about this is a Roman colony, all types of people from all walks of society were in this church. They were saved, or that this was their church, or going to church here, this is where they're worshiping. And so you can imagine when it came down to the church, ministry, serving, there must have been all kinds of, quote-unquote, interests, yeah, here. All kinds of ideas, all kinds of things. And then I was thinking about this, perhaps with so many different backgrounds and, you know, people from different careers and all that, 
Probably there's people used to doing things their own way, right? They're used to, you know, having it this way or that way, or maybe they were, you know, employers or heads of businesses or, or like that. So it could create a big mess here, right? And perhaps the unity was cracking apart with selfishness, pride, maybe even prejudice, jealousy. But Paul's saying, look, what makes the difference here, what we need to do, look beyond just yourself and have interest in the needs of others also. That's our point. Look beyond just yourself and have interest in the needs of others also. It's, it's not just you. It's not just what you think. Yeah? Others first. And not just what, oh, well, I'm only into this. I don't care about you. Yeah? No, look at the whole thing. Look beyond just yourself and have interest in the needs of others also. It's the sad truth, I must confess. When I get sick, like really sick, like bed sick, I turn into the biggest baby. I'm sorry. Chris, I'm thirsty. Chris, can you bring me something to eat? Or, Chris, I'm cold. And the blanket's like right there. Can you put it on me? <laughs> yeah, all you wives of all are like, yeah, I can relate. So sad. And you know what? Even more sad is when she's like bed sick, she still gets up and cooks for me. <laughs> Does everything for me. So sad, yeah? Is that you guys? <laughs> you know, I, I, I joke, I'm joking about this kind of, but I was thinking about all this. I thought, oh Lord, I need to be serious about it. I need to not look to my own interests, but also the interests of my wife. I need to look beyond myself and have interest in the needs of others also. So next time, Kristen, you're sick, I'm going to be different. <laughs> She says, yeah, right, we'll see. <laughs> but how about you tonight? Is it, you know, only like what you do, what you want, the way you do it, the only thing that matters? We need to live and carry ourselves in humility. Where the issues is not about me anymore, Right? Well, we're thinking of others. And, and really, what's the goal? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's about the Lord, right? Our, our unity is based on what God wants, what His will is as a church. Not about what I think, or what I think, or what I want, or anything like that. But ultimately, it's about the Lord. And as we think of others, we, we, that's our goal. That's what the Lord is heading us into. It's about getting things done for the Lord. The 40th president of the United States was Ronald Reagan. It is said that on his desk in the White House, in the Oval Room, he kept a special sign. And right on the desk, it said this, There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. There's no limit, think about this, to what a church can do or how much the church can accomplish if we only humble ourselves and we think of others more. Well, let's go to number four. Number four, have Jesus. 
have Jesus. We've seen have nothing, have value, have interest, and lastly, have Jesus, our last verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the last verse, and we're going to see tonight, but uh, it's really a transitional verse. It, it leads us right into the next section, which really talks about Christ, and I'm excited about that next week, so I hope you guys can make it back. But Paul, Paul's going to talk about what Jesus did for us in this next section. His whole coming to earth, dying on the cross for our sins, and so, so we're going to see this example of what putting others first really is. But right here in verse 5, as he introduces his next thought, Paul is saying, look, have this mind like Christ. Have this kind of mindset. And, and when he says this, it, it, it talks about what he just, he, he's really pointing to what he just talked about, and then he's pointing to what we're going to see next time. So what we just saw, right, and, and I'll give you these points again, have this mindset, have nothing to do with selfishness or pride in your life. Uh, uh, the humi true humility brings about a change in priorities, putting others first before me, and look beyond just yourself and have interest in the needs of others also. That is the mindset. This is have this mind that we should have, which Paul is saying in verse 5, is also found in Christ Jesus when he came to this earth to die for our sins. And we're going to see all that next time. But the focus here is have this mindset. The idea is to have Jesus, our heading, as the example to follow of selfless humility. Have Jesus be that example. Have Jesus in your mind. This is our mindset which will determine everything. And this, this is the idea. This is the focus. This is what Paul is bringing us into in this transitional verse in, here in verse 5. The idea is like how, how we put all this together in our mind, right? As it gets in our mind, then we will then, it gives us the right approach to things. And this will make or break the unity. So having this mindset, how we put it together in our mind, it's going to give us this right approach, right way we are to live. And you know, how we live and how we end up, it's going to make or break the unity. Think of it this way. Your outlook will determine the outcome. Your outlook will determine the outcome. If your outlook is that everything is centered on you and your pride, then you know what? The outcome and actions and words will make for division. But if your outlook is putting others first, like Jesus did, then the outcome will be actions and words that make for love and unity with others. So you see, your mindset, these things that we have talked about tonight, what Paul has written, your mindset is your outlook, and your outlook determines outcome. So our last point is this. Let the same mindset of Jesus be found in all who are followers of God. That's what Paul's really putting forth here. Let the same mindset of Jesus be found in all who are followers of God. Now, we're going to see more next time, but listen to what Matthew 20, 28 says. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for 
many. That's Jesus. That's his mindset. That's what he's done. That's Jesus. His mindset, his way of thinking, his approach, his out attitude, his outlook was not to be served, but to serve. That's how he came. Jesus Christ, you can say, put others first. Paul's saying, let the same mindset of Jesus be found in all who are followers of God. I was reading a story about a Chinese preacher. Uh, he told of this situation. He told this story how he knew, this, he knew of this poor rice farmer whose field was high up on the mountain. Every day, he'd pump water into the, his rice paddies. And every morning, he would find that his unbelieving neighbor who lived below him had opened his dikes and let the water fill his field. So he basically was stealing his water. Not knowing what to do, he let it go for a while, but soon he got desperate for his crop would die. This continued. So he got together with other Christians and they prayed and came up with the solution. So you know what he did? This Christian, the next morning, he got up and first filled his neighbor's fields, then he attended to his own, filled his fields. Well, you know what? This action he took was so shocking to the neighbor that he ended up giving his life to Jesus Christ. Amen, right? Like Jesus, this man helped others first, his neighbor first. And isn't that what it is? We can be, think about this, how we can be so quick to take action against injustice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, and all that. But this farmer, rice farmer, he stopped and thought about it and prayed with his friends, right? And he thought about, well, what did Christ do? Christ went as far as putting that, the other person first, and that's what they did. Christ went as far as to die for us while we were, what, still sinners, right? Sometimes we're so quick, like, he's a bad guy, look what he did to me, and then we're, we're so quick to retaliate, yeah? Take revenge. But look what Christ did. How much more should we be thinking in the same manner? Let me add this too. I'll tell you, when we hold to the same mindset of Christ, not only do we become more like Christ, right? But I have to tell you, I have found joy. I have found this freedom without myself and pride and all this animosity and all this. I, I have found joy when we put that other person first. Do you know joy? It's an acronym. Acronym? acronym? Yes. You know what? You guys heard this before, right? J stands for Jesus. That's first. O is others. And then Y is yourself. So if you get that order right, then guess what? You'll have joy. When you do this, I'll tell you, the, the results are powerful. When each one of us all hold to the same mindset, now think about this, not just us individually, but think about all of us together. The results are powerful. Let me close with this. The Alaskan sled dog race called the Iditarod, Iditarod was actually inspired by a true story. Maybe you know this. And maybe you know this story. In 1925, the children, people of Nome, Alaska, were dying. They were being, uh, getting infected with diphtheria. 
supply of, of the supply of serum, the antidote had expired. It was winter. The harbor was closed. Uh, the 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 uh, government wouldn't fly any planes because of the weather and everything. The only way to get the emergency medicine was by dog sled. You guys probably know the story, right? During this time, it was the worst winter ever, 60 degrees below Fahrenheit. And, and, and but these dog sled uh, teams, they got together and they chose to bring the serum to Nome. The first of the serum that was to come was a 20-pound package wrapped in protective fur. It was put on a sled pulled by dogs. It was a 674-mile journey. After 52 miles and hypothermia, frostbite, the first musher handed off the serum to the second dog sled team. On through the icy night, the relay of dog sleds carried the precious cargo towards Nome, one after another, one after another, one after another. The most famous was the second to last team of dogs led by the driver, the musher, Gunnar Carlson. His lead dog was, do you guys know? Balto. Oh, you guys know the story. Okay, let's pray. We'll just say, no, 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 no. <laughs> right? Balto. Yeah, just like the movie. Exactly. Yeah. They courageously kept going even after flipping over an 80 mile gust of wind. Uh, the, the, the sled flipped over and the serum fell in the snow and Carson had to like take off his gloves and was, he was getting frostbite, find it, put it back, flip the sled back over and they kept going. When they got to the handoff, their second to the last, the next dog sled team was not ready. So they took, they just kept going. They went on and took the last leg on their own. Well, on February 2nd at 5.30 a.m., that valuable package was finally delivered. The relay had taken five and a half days, which actually broke previous records in half. Four dogs died from exposure out of 150 dogs. 20 drivers altogether in a team effort basically brought this serum to the town where it ended up a handful or so died, but it saved the rest of, of the almost 2,000 people who lived there. Someone wrote, their sacrifice had given an entire town the gift of life. And I love that. I like that. You know why? Because together, they thought of others first. Together, the mushers did not think of their own safety or even their dogs, but they risked it all to save the children and people of Nome. That's you and I. That's you and I, guys. We must do the same together to give that gift of life of Jesus Christ. Amen? Just think, if every person in our church and in the church as a whole, the whole body of Christ, Amali, operated like this. Just think, just think what God could do with us. Yeah? Just, the, how about think about this? Just think what our families would be like. Yeah? Just think what our marriages would be like if we would all do what Paul is saying. Just think about what your world would be like you, if you and I would really put others first. Let's pray. Lord, as we've been learning tonight, God, to put others first, to, to not let selfishness and pride live in us no longer, to put it to death as, it, as, we, as we have been 
freed from the bondage of, of sin and flesh. God, give us courage, Lord. Help us to break our old habits, Lord, of, of always giving in to self and always thinking about ourselves, always, always prideful, Lord. Help us, God, to live as you want us to live. Help us to think of others first, to be concerned for their interests, Lord, to have the same mindset that you have, Jesus, and what you've done for us. God, you're speaking strongly to us tonight. You're convicting us. You're going deeper like, like never before because I think even in myself, I, I've seen myself let allow self-centeredness to be there, self-gain to be there. But Lord, we wanna we wanna let all of that go. We wanna put it at the foot of the cross and surrender all to you tonight, God. So Lord, let us be, help us be others-minded, God. Where it's not like always have to be about me, but let it always be about you, God, and what you want and how you want us to love and care and have concern for those around us. So Lord, work that in us. Stir it in our hearts, God. Uh, take out, weed out, scoop out all that self stuff, Lord. And let us become the people of God you want us to be. And let us do this together. In Jesus' name, amen.